we get asked all the time, what does 80-20 mean? Roz and I preach, live your life 80-20. Obviously, when we look at nutrition, what we're talking about is get 80% of your nutrition, your calories, your macronutrients from good quality food, and that other 20% should be foods you love, foods you enjoy, foods that we would typically classify as not good for you. But I didn't have a metric for it. I didn't have a number I can give someone. I was like, hey, 20% of those foods you eat should keep you coming back to eating the other 80%. That's how I looked at it. Look at it as, hey, once a day, have a little treat. Have something small that encourages you to eat good quality foods. But now, with the 800-gram challenge, I can give you a specific number. 800 grams of fruits and vegetables. I got that from E.C. Sinkowski. She posted it on her website, Optimize Me Nutrition, and I highly recommend that you jump on board. If you're in our tribe, you'll see all of the success stories, all the people that are really excited by this challenge because just like me, they now have a way to quantify that they're getting good quality foods and they're recovering better, sleeping better, feeling better. Look, we love flexible eating. I love eating donuts. I love feeling like I'm not being a bad person or ruining myself for having a slice of pizza. But we're smart enough to know we need good quality foods as well. That's where this is super helpful. We're going to talk all about it on today's podcast with E.C. Sinkowski, all about the 800-gram challenge. Here it comes, the Own Your Eating Podcast, today's guest, E.C. Sinkowski. I have E.C. Sinkowski, a longtime member of the CrossFit universe all over the place there. You can Google her to find out everything she's done in that realm. But currently finished your master's in nutrition, which sounds complicated, but (laughs) EC is one of the smartest people I've ever encountered and founder of Optimize Me Nutrition. And more recently, for those of you that have checked out the 800-gram challenge, this is where I found it. I don't know that you created it, but you at least kind of brought it to my attention. Well, thank you for that introduction. But I, yeah, I mean, I founded it in the sense of a challenge idea. I didn't do the research, but, you know, the researchers weren't posing it as a diet method. So I'm definitely the one who founded it per se to kind of apply it to people's life in that day-to-day basis type of way. What did you, what was the reason that you came out with that obviously eating fruits and vegetables you don't need a reason to eat good quality foods but were you trying to fill any void out there by pushing this out into more of the mainstream or at least our mainstream yeah I mean it actually started a long time ago back in my Boston days I had a good friend there who multiple times would mention you know she was just concerned she wasn't eating enough vegetables and that sort of struck with struck me at the time and I was like yeah, and we know that perfect diets aren't necessarily going to get you that much more in your lifespan. I mean, we'll find people all the time who live very long who didn't eat a perfect diet, but yet we know fruits and vegetables are good. So it sort of struck me at the time. I was like, well, yeah, how do we know how much is good? And I do remember looking at um, various recommendations over time, but they get very complicated. And, um, you know, I like what the USDA puts out in the sense of, volume, but it's in all these different categories, different cut measurements, and it's like, wow, nobody can really track on this easily. So it's always been sort of on my back burner of how could we measure this more, you know, elegantly, for lack of a better word. And I, and I 
you know, I spoke to you about it briefly when I found it and just talked to you about it before we got on, but we get asked all the time because, you know, there's a misconception that all Roz and I do is eat donuts. Not true. <laughs> and, you know, you're educated enough to know to eat the right amount of protein, carbs, and fat. You can't just eat donuts. Right. But we preach 80-20, but the truth was we didn't really have a definition of that. My answer was often, well, eat enough of that 20% that keeps you coming back to eat the 80%. Sure. But that's still vague. Um, you know, and then another kind of small metric I would use was fiber. But again, that's vague because you can get fiber from pasta and oatmeal. Sure. So when I saw your challenge, I was like, I like this because it's just quantifiable. And really, that's what macros is. It's quantifying your nutrition. But now it's like, okay, you have to eat 800 grams of fruits and vegetables. Exactly. And we have found immediately from our, our, our tribe, as we would call them, that they love it because now they also have that goal to shoot for. They're very goal-oriented. Right. Yes, the macros bunch definitely likes to have a target. So, <laughs> um, But that is one of the things I, I liked about it, too, because I played with it for a long time before you know launching it, launching it as a challenge. And... It allows the user to really optimize it for them. If they want to overlay it on their current macros, great. If they want to use it as their only diet tool, great. If they want to apply it with intermittent fasting and paleo perfect food, great. You know, the user can decide how they want to optimize it with still having a useful metric in mind. Is 800 that perfect number or is it just the number that all the research supported? Did you find that? Uh, yeah. That's kind of a question I've gotten from a couple people and uh, somebody you know, was texting me about it and, and they're, I think like six, four and two fifty, And I was like, well, we can't think that they found 95 different studies of people of your size. So I would imagine that you probably should eat a higher quantity of fruits and vegetables, right? Point being, I doubt it's a perfect number. Um, you know, it was a meta-analysis of 95 different studies. So it's probably a good representation of a, a general cross-section of a population but sure, some of our larger individuals, myself included, some of the people that are, you know, need some extra calories, I wouldn't want people to say, oh, I was eating way more than this, but now that I hit 800 for today, I should just start eating ice cream, right? <laughs> we still know that health is associated with whole unprocessed foods, so the more that we trend towards that, the more we're probably hedging, you know, our risk there. And I think a misconception with anyone in the fitness industry, be it CrossFit or anything else, is like, well, 800 is easily attainable. That's because you're in a bubble, right? And, well, I mean, what, would, what is the average in weight that the average American is eating these days in fruits and vegetables? Wow, that's a good question. I have no idea. Um, you know, if, if people are struggling to eat a couple pieces of fruit a day, they're probably around a couple hundred grams a day. Um, and that was another thing I liked about it, that this is scalable for somebody who maybe isn't in the whole food space yet, where maybe you just start with an individual and say, hey, get get a cup a day, which is about 100 grams, or get two cups a day, and just start there, and then kind of ratchet the way up to 800. And, and that's what I love about it, too. If you, if you really were eating, you know, like an asshole and only getting your carbs from processed foods, 800 is probably going to be a challenge for you. Mm -hmm. So scale it to whether it's 200 or 400, and work your way up there? It's It's been interesting. I've had people in the CrossFit slash Whole food space try it and sort of report back to me, and I've had, heard everything from, oh, gosh, I, I hit 800 by lunch, to people that are 
been doing CrossFit or Whole Foods for multiple years, and they're like, wow, I was only at 300 grams. So I just think it's where the person is relative. I know that I've had times in my life where I've gone through, you know, like three protein bars and a salad and thought it was a good day. So I think it's it's a cool metric just to kind of help keep you honest day to day without being too overbearing. Right. If, to me, it's like if that's the only thing you focus on other than your macronutrients, it's a, it's a great way to make sure you're getting enough good quality foods. I'd say from my perspective, I was, I was probably without thinking about it, getting about 200. So mm. it was a challenge to add that, but you know, when you throw in a banana, that can be a hundred grams, um, a, a cup of blueberries that can be 50 grams. It's, it starts to add up pretty quickly. Totally. So and, uh, I don't know if you saw, I just pulled it off two days in Disney world, only relying on food from the park grounds. <laughs> I, I did not see that. So you made it through Disney uh-huh. and you got your 800 grams in. I did. I was there for two days with some extended family and uh, I was I was like, this would be a great challenge. Let's see if I can do 800 grams only relying on food from the park because our hotel was on the park. And, um, and I did it. And it wasn't easy. And the rest of the day definitely wasn't perfect. There were still pizza there. There were still cinnamon rolls and some other stuff. But I can tell you my diet was better than if I hadn't tried it all. <laughs> So what that you know and that but that's a great Disney's a crazy example because I've been there a handful of times and mm-hmm. other than like a huge turkey leg you're gonna get ice cream. So exactly. what were the um, places you were able to get your eight hundred grams? What were some examples? It was definitely fruit was a big part of it. Um, there's Starbucks on the ground and so they had like prepackaged apple slices. The hotel that I stayed at had some prepackaged vegetable um, slices you know, carrots, I'm sorry, or celery sticks, whatever. And then fruit at breakfast was big too. One of the things that I think really was drilled into my mind while I was there is you really have to take the uh, opportunity when you have it to eat well, because you always have the opportunity to make a poor decision. That's never going to go away, (laughs) but you don't always have the opportunity to get the piece of fruit. So when you see it or when you have a buffet salad is, is, you know, go for it, make the right decision. That's really great advice. I mean, as you know, we travel a lot or had in the past. Um, and sometimes you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm not that hungry, but you're at the airport and it's your only opportunity to get salad versus this flight. You're about to be on for eight hours. Totally. So that's really good for people listening that are thinking about travel. You, exactly. the, the, the other thing you posted, I think it was this morning. And if you don't already check out her Instagram op, it's just optimize me nutrition, right? You've got it. You, you put a reference because I think a lot of times on the go, especially with fruits and vegetables, if you're not a lunatic with a scale, you might not know. So there's, do you have any good references that you can give people just off the top of your head when they're looking at fruits and vegetables to what it weighs? I know you mentioned your typical serving of vegetables at dinner is about 75 to 80 grams. Yep, that's what you'll find in restaurant portion sizes. That, that's at least what the literature reports for restaurant portion sizes. But cup of things, which is generally about the size of adult fist, if it was closed or clenched, is uh, about 100 grams. Now, you know, sometimes it's 130, sometimes it's right around 100, but it's about 100 grams. So typically your average banana, your average apple is going to fall kind of right within that realm. So that can be useful because then you're looking at sort of six cups throughout the day or six closed fists of things throughout the day. Um, So you you can definitely eyeball it to a pretty good accuracy. If someone does this, 
and, and this might be too far-reaching of a question, what, what benefits can they receive from it? In other words, if, you know, let's assume they're tracking their macronutrients. I think most people listening will have, be tracking their macros. But sure. now they're willing to take that next step and put more of an emphasis on this. What health benefits can they get from it? Sure. Um, well, I couldn't guarantee any specific health benefits, but people that have already sort of jumped in on it, some of, I think it was at CrossFit King of Prussia, I was talking to Amy there, and she was saying that people are already just reporting some better recovery and just general energy levels are feeling better, which is not surprising with a more nutrient-dense diet. Um, it also just depends where their starting point is, right? I mean, if their starting point's already pretty clean, they might not necessarily notice anything that dramatic, Um for me, for example, I was actually testing out some other quality metrics before this one, and so I was already eating a high-quality diet, but I did just find over 30 days that, wow, I was more consistent. And that's, the, that's, I think, the biggest benefit that I found was just more consistency in high-quality food, but not necessarily this massive switch in how I was feeling, though, day-to-day. So the question we'll get, and I'm sure Amy asked you it from King of Prussia, is can you count wine towards this? Unfortunately, no, but remember, there's no nose, so uh, people can continue to eat whatever else they want in addition to trying to add this metric into their diet, so that was another thing I liked about it, just sort of is realizing that, yeah, wine's still going to be in people's diet. <laughs> you know, and, and for me, I when I changed this, and this was prior to finding this, I really put an emphasis into the quality, and I will say I recover better and I'm performing better. You know, I think... Because I believe you can lose weight and get lean and look amazing eating whatever you want if you track it, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Totally. In that once I, I came back, I was in um, Dubai and Greece at the end of December, and I came back and must have ate something bad, and it took me a long time to recover, and I had to change the quality of the food I was eating. And once I recovered from that, my performance at the box improved tremendously. Yeah, and I think, you know, we can't, it's really hard to understand what's going to happen in the long term, but what we do find with consistency in nutrition literature is that whole food diets consistently perform processed food diets in terms of health metrics. So I think that this is one of those things that it's maybe harder to get people to buy into the quality stuff because it's not like you're going to see necessarily your six-pack abs better than if you just cut down on calories. No, it's not as immediate, but I think it's sort of that investment for, hey, we're trying to do the best that we can to have health in the long term. So you chase this 800 grams daily. Do you have anything else that you do for your current nutrition plan? I don't. You know, I've obviously over the years dabbled with a lot of different tracking systems, and for me right now, athletic performance is is not a high goal. I definitely am still very active and I definitely am still in there five days a week, but it's not, I'm not trying to squeeze out the next back squat PR or anything like that. So, um, so yeah, so right now it's just been a great way that I'm staying focused on keeping some quality stuff in my diet. And, uh, that's all I've been using at the moment. Is there any book that you would recommend someone listening that really wants to learn more about nutrition dive into? Oh, wow. There's a bunch. Although I did just finish more textbooks than regular bunch. Uh, regular yeah, books. something, you know, I'm, not not like they're going to get their master's, but... So. I know. Um, you know what? I haven't cracked open.
open yet, but it's sitting here on my kitchen counter, and that's Chris Presser's new Unconventional Medicine, and I've liked following his stuff since the beginning of my CrossFit days, and always find him to be a very sound voice in the nutrition space, and so I'd be comfortable recommending that without actually reading it, but he also has his other um, one on the personal paleo code and stuff, so any of his stuff I think is strong, and his blog, of course, is great, so. Chris uh, Kessler. Cresser, it's K- yeah, K R E S S E R. And he was, um, I think he was recently on. I listened to him on the Joe Rogan podcast. Yes, it was really, exactly. really good. Um, yeah. So, you've been in the CrossFit world a long time. In that time, you've probably had all sorts of beliefs with nutrition kind of come and go. Mm-hmm. W- which one has stuck with you the most? Yeah, I mean. I actually did this short Ignite talk on this, but nutrition for the most part comes down to two principles. If you're chasing high-level athletic performance, there are going to be a little bit extra specific concerns, but it really comes down to getting quality and quantity right. You know, there's a certain amount of quantity your body needs and then quality for health. And then all of these different diets are just different slants on that. And I feel like when people find success with a very specific diet, it's because not because the diet's doing anything that amazing, but because the diet rules fit best with their beliefs, habits, lifestyles, whatever. Some people really love tracking and they are, they are more honest that way. And so guess what? They're going to fall into the macro space a little bit more. Somebody really likes not tracking and just eliminating things. They might fall into the paleo space a little bit more, but we're all sort of moving towards finding the right quantity for us and also tr- hopefully eating a higher quality diet. Um, you know, and that was a big part of CrossFit's message as well. Of course, they have a little a little bit more specifics on the metrics because of their methodology, which is great. But we're all sort of pushing in that direction, and, and they're just different slices of those same angles. So now that you're kind of, uh, well, you're, you're able to really give your true belief here. If, if, yeah. if you had to, if someone came to you and they just said, hey, should I do zone or should I do macros? Uh-huh. And you knew nothing else about them, which would you recommend? Um, I might not either, might not say either, to be honest. I, I wouldn't mind starting with, hey, can you take pictures of what you ate yesterday? <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's, yeah, that's great. And, you know, and I think some people can jump into macros on day one and be super successful. And I think some people might need to say, hey, let's just have a banana tomorrow. You know, it's, it's kind of find, who was it? I'm going to get his name. Uh, Berardi. Yeah. John Berardi of Precision Nutrition. He has some great stuff on the psychology of eating, and I think one of the things, if I still have it right, I hope I'm not misspeaking here, but I think some of his first steps with people are just take a multivitamin and drink a glass of water a day, almost to the point where the person says, is that it? You know, get enough buy-in and success that they're wanting to do more versus start them off um, too aggressively. Scaling. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> that concept. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So last thing, when... For for you, what's your what's your favorite treat? When you know behind closed doors or even in public, that you just I I think I know the answer still after all these years. I think I know what you're gonna say. But um, what's your go to treat to just enjoy uh, kickback? Yeah, I guess go to is different a little bit than favorite. But I I do have a penchant for super super sweet stuff. So like peeps, like the Easter candy, or um, even like cake frosting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm, I've seen your posts about peeps. I didn't. I thought they were sarcastic, to be honest. 
Yeah, like that super obnoxious sugar high, yeah. <laughs> I love a good peep, you know. Oh, wow, okay, good. I, I know that you were a supporter. I, you know, I'm born and raised Jewish, but I've got a you know mixed family with stepsisters and all that, so when I found peeps, I was like 12. <laughs> and I was like, these are amazing. My family was hiding them, giving me matzah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, what I was going to say was whipped cream. Oh, that's true. That's a good that's strong. That's a strong choice. For you, because I, I specifically remember at, um, we were at a really nice restaurant. I don't remember where it was. The waiter, you know, you were probably trying to eat, you know, better quality. So instead of getting a full dessert, it was heavy whipped right. cream. <laughs> and the waiter brought you a very small bowl and you looked at him and said, hey, can I have this, but much bigger? And That sounds about right. <laughs> but... Truly, this has been a really great challenge. I loved watching, you know, I don't get to see you very often anymore, but I love watching everything you're doing, and it was really awesome that, you know, like I said, I, I came about this through a mutual friends, and now I'm glad that other people that we are able to help have this goal. So thanks for sharing it. Any advice you would give to someone out there in, in regards to this? Um, no, just hopefully help people guide them to a little bit healthier eating and so just jump in and give it a shot if they want to find out more about you other than you know googling you and checking out optimize me nutrition anything they can do that's it instagram and that website and that's basically where i'm just putting some nutrition thoughts for now <laughs> yeah that's really all you need these days is an instagram account and a dot com <laughs> exactly well i look forward to all I'm sure you have coming out. So thanks again, and thanks for letting me chat with you about it. Thank you, Jason. Thanks again, EC, for being on the podcast. Check her out. We spoke about it during the podcast, but you can find her online. Dive in. Like she said, scale it. If you're not ready to make the commitment to 800 grams, start with 50, start with 100, start with 200, but give yourself a number and work towards it. Just like you thought with macros that it might be a little challenging to get started, it might be too hard, once you started, you realized you were totally capable of doing it, I think you'll find the same with the 800-gram challenge. Check it out. One thing that could help you, check out Fia's Fresh Meals. Roz and I live off of these things, and they are great quality. Tons of vegetables with every meal. You can find the chicken parm that has... Great broccoli, the chicken marsala, all, there's tons of others. That was a really poor example of their meals, but I promise you, they're good quality. If you're on the go, if you just want something delicious, if you want something macro-friendly, check them out, FiasFreshMeals.com. You can use the code OYE10 for 10% off your order. Right now, they're only in the Florida area, but very, very soon, they're going to be delivering nationwide we highly recommend. Roz and I get about 10 of these meals every week. We use them for lunch. We sometimes use them for breakfast. I use them on the go on the weekends. Highly recommend you check them out. Fias Fresh Meals. Use the code OYE10. We'll see you all next week.